So as you know, Scott is, uh, is in the process of getting uh, some kidney work done. So whether it be in, uh, with kidney transplant, hopefully on the horizon. Uh, but he was also able to get um, some stuff done to be able to start a dialysis process. So I want to give you guys an update on how Pastor Scott is doing. And um, so he was able to get a small procedure done on Friday, but unfortunately just made it so we needed to get uh, a little bit of extra rest time for him this weekend, and we're glad we're able to do so. Um, So as we were thinking about what this morning could look like, what Sunday morning could look like, you know, the thought was, do I take Scott's notes and do I just preach it? Do we do a one-off? Do we bring in a guest preacher? What does that look like? Um, And as myself and the other elders were praying through this, talking about what we could do, uh, we felt like the Lord has kind of been putting on our hearts anyway, uh, maybe switch it up a little bit. That's a, that's a technical biblical term that we see in Scripture. Switch it up, you know, every once in a while. Um, but uh, we felt like we were, the Lord is leading us to do something a little bit different this morning. Um, so that's, that's basically what we're going to do, is uh, it's going to look a little bit different this morning as we continue to pray, as we continue to sing, as we continue to worship our King through song. And then we're also going to, this morning, going to be worshiping our King through guided prayer. So I'm going to be guiding us through um, the Lord's Prayer that we see in Matthew 6. Um, as we uh, use that as a, um, almost as a template, as, a, as an example that Jesus gave us to um, how we pray uh, to, with our Father. So what I want you to do is go ahead, if you have it near you, I want you to open up your Bibles, and I want you to grab uh, and open up to Matthew chapter 6. So in Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 5, we read this. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received the reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees you in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them. For your Father knows what you need before you ask him. So what we see here is Jesus talking about our posture with our Father as we, as he pray, as we pray to him. And what we don't see is, is in kind of the theme, if I could kind of encapsulate what Jesus was talking about, is It's more about our posture of our hearts, not the posture of our words or the posture of our bodies um, within our communities or within uh, by ourselves with our families. It's none of that matters. What Jesus is talking about is what it looks like for us to pray. And what it looks like is simply a conversation between me and my father. So don't worry about standing on the street corner. Don't worry about what you look like. Don't worry about how you sound. Just focus on praying. Just focus on talking to your Father. And then what Jesus does is he gives us an example of what a, this, a prayer like this could sound like. Now, this isn't a, a magic cheat code that Jesus gives us to unlock the gates of heaven. If we say these words perfectly, what he's doing is giving us an example of what it can sound like. And so what he says is he gives us the Lord's Prayer that we see versing, uh, starting in verse 9. So so before I continue reading this, let me, let me just pray for us very quickly so that we can condi- uh, begin to get in that mindset of, of, again, not worrying about what other people think of us, not worrying about what we look like, not worrying about 
the big words that we try to use in prayers. And uh, by the way, what's up with that? Why is there sometimes there's words that we use only in prayers that we don't use any other times in our lives? Are we trying to make God, are we trying to impress God? Or uh, I'm sorry, I digress. But anyway, that's, that's kind of that's the gets to the heart of it, though. What, what is it about prayer that makes us act different? That's what Jesus is saying is that's not what it's about. It's about truly us just communicating with our Father who loves us. So let me pray for us quickly as we, as we begin to get into this mindset. Lord, we love you. God, we want you to hear our prayers, God. We want you to just, we want to feel your presence, God. God, we know we don't have to ask for your presence, God, because we know as, as adopted sons and daughters of the King, we know that you've given us your Holy Spirit as a helper in our hearts, God. So God, we know that you are near. So my, my question and my request, God, is you allow us to feel that nearness, God. You allow us to feel that you are in this room, you're in our hearts, you are inter, interceding for us, God. You, scripture shows us you, that Jesus is on the right hand of the Father interceding for us, even at this moment. God, it's such a beautiful picture. So God, this morning as we look at what prayer looks like, and as we practice it a little bit this morning, God, I pray that you allow our hearts to be in that posture that Jesus speaks of that we don't worry about what other people are thinking of us. We don't worry about what we look like. We don't worry about where we're standing or what our hands are doing or anything like that, God. God, I pray that you allow our hearts to, to be in that posture that we just simply want to communicate with our Father in heaven. And God, let our words be our own. God, we're not trying to impress you. You, you know us intimately, God. You know the number of hairs on our heads. You know our vocabulary extent, God. So don't let us try to impress you with our words and especially impress others who might be hearing us. So God, just be with us. Let our hearts be in this posture that Jesus uh, describes. And as we pray, let it hear our hearts, God. We love you. And we look forward to seeing which, how you use this time. Amen. So the, the verses that Jesus gives us are this, starting in verse 9. Pray then like this, he says. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, I know a lot of you, this is, uh, these are familiar words. You might be tuning me out because you've already heard this 100,000 times. Don't tune me out, okay? Listen. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So as we look at these for, uh, this, these different verses, what we see is we can actually break this up into different, what we call movements. There's actually six different movements of the Lord's Prayer, the first of which being sonship. Because right off the bat, what do we see Jesus saying? Our Father in heaven. Our Father. He reminds us that God isn't this far distant being that we have to constantly work to appease. He reminds us that he is our Father. Our Father in heaven. So what I want us to do is I want us to spend just a, just a few moments focusing on the fact that God is our Father. So listen to my words. What I'm going to do is I'm going to pray for us just a little bit, and then I'm going to let us be silent. Just a, just a few moments. I know it's different when we're going through a screen and we're not here in a room together, uh, but I do want to give you a little bit of space to practice this a little bit on your own. So I'm going to pray a little bit, and I'm going to give you a few moments to pray on your own to your Father in heaven who loves you. Lord, thank you for being a dad, for being our father. God, you, 
as the creator of the universe, you could have created us and then just left us to our own devices and gone and done your own God stuff. But you didn't do that, God. God, you, we, we know the end of the, we see the ends of the story that we see in Scripture. We know that you sent your son to die on the cross for our sins. We see the great acts of love that you have done for us when we didn't deserve it, God. And we see that that is how you demonstrate your love for us, that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. God, thank you for being a loving father, not a distant father. Maybe, not, maybe you're not a father that a lot of us know here on earth. Maybe some of us that are hearing these words, maybe we didn't have great examples of what fatherhood looks like growing up. God, I want to pray specifically for those people, God, that you're able to to invite them, to show them what a kind and gentle father you are, how loving you are. But God, I want to say thank you for making us your sons and daughters. We, we see in Scripture that you invited us, you adopted us to be your children, sons and daughters of the great high king. You didn't just foster us. You didn't just bring us in for a time and show us the ropes and then send us back out. You adopted us with full inheritance, God. Joint heirs with Christ, God. How amazing is that? That we get to call you Father. That is, the access that we have to the King is unprecedented. God, thank you for being that loving Father. So God, now as we spend a, a few moments in prayer, God, please be with us. And God, just let us again feel that nearness. It's in your name. So now just take a, a minute or two, and let's talk to our Father in heaven who loves us. As we move on in these verses, we see uh, the next part of verse 9, hallowed be your name. And this is the second movement that we uh, move into, the movement of worship. So as, as we're singing these songs, a lot of times when we think about worship, we think about the, the songs that we sing on Sunday mornings, the song that Jeff and the band have been leading us in this morning. Is that worship? Of course. Of course that's worship. But is that all that worship is? Of course not. Worship can I mean, simply be defined that of us just telling God of, of how great he is and our, and our adoration for him and, and loving him in this adoration. That is, that is what we're trying to do, showing God our love for him. And remind, and not that he needs to be reminded, but reminding him of his greatness and what he's done for us and his love for us. So I'm going to pray for us again, and I'm going to pray through this, this idea of worship that we see in, uh, that Jesus leads us in Matthew 6. So Lord, thank you for who you are. Lord, hallowed be your name. Glorious is your name. How high is your name? The name above all names. There's lots of examples that we see, even in the scriptures, of just exaltation to how, of your greatness, God. But again, thank you for not being, for being infinitely great, but not being far away, but being near to us, willing to humble yourself on the cross for us, God. So God, thank you, not only for your greatness, but also for your love for us. Not only as adopted sons and daughters, but just because of who you are, demonstrating that love for us, God. We worship you in that. So God, as we, as we continue to sing and as we continue to, uh, to spend time in prayer this morning, God, let these, these words that we're singing, these words that we're, they're saying, and the words that we're maybe even just reading on the screen, God, let it be a prayer to you, God. 
that just reminds us of your goodness and reminds us of the scandalous gospel of Jesus Christ. God, be with us this morning as we continue to worship. And the last movement that I want us to lead us through, the third movement of Lord's Prayer begins in verse 10. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So as we look at this third movement, before we continue with some more songs, this simply shows us the lordship of God. Just like we've been praying, he, he adopted us as sons and daughters into, uh, into his family, making us full, um, full inheritors of, of the kingdom of God, which is amazing. He didn't have to do that. He did, chose to do that because of his love for us. And then we get to worship him because of who he is. Hallowed be your name, God. And worship him because of what he's done for us. And we know, we see now in this third movement of lordship that he is worthy to be praised. Because we know his promise to us is that his kingdom will come. And his will will be done. And he's going to do it here on earth as it already is in heaven. We get a foretaste of what heaven looks like now because of God dying on the cross for us through the son Jesus. We got a taste of that forgiveness. And as we find ourselves now in the, what we call the already not yet, so we, we already have been forgiven, but we know that there's still pain and suffering in this world. We have the promise of God that his will will be done. And what we see in heaven will be done on earth. That's not a suggestion. That's not a hope. It's a promise from our Father in heaven who loves us. So pray with me now as we pray to God, as we worship him, as we, as we sit in our identities as, as beloved children of God, and as we exalt him as the Lord of lords. We love you, God. God, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, please, we, we see the work that you've already done through Jesus, and we worship you and praise you in that. We love you, God. Of course, it pales in comparison for your great love for us. We will never know the extent of your love for us, God. We will never know the extent of your holiness. We will never know the extent of our own depravity, of our own sinfulness, God. But we know that the cross of Jesus is always sufficient to fill that gap. What a beautiful picture that is. And God, you did that because you're simply God and you can and you chose to. Thank you for doing that. I mean, I, I feel silly even saying just thank you. Like, it feels so insufficient, God. But as a person who didn't deserve to begin with God, all I could say is thank you for choosing to save me. And God, I pray that you continue to do that, God. I pray that you allow us in your lordship, in, in, in your will, God, that we know that more and more people will come to saving knowledge of you, and I pray that you continue to do that, and God, continue to use us to do that. Continue to invite us into that work. And God, we see in, in Psalm 85, God, revive us again, Lord. God, we, we are a nation, we're uh, not just a nation, but a world that is still broken by sin. We see it all around us, God. God, on earth as it is in heaven, God, we ask you, we ask you, God, revive us again. God, raise up a people who are on fire for you, God. And God, if you will, allow us to be a part of that, God. You are already at work. We love you. We're excited by it, God. Continue to light the hearts of men and women on fire for your purposes, for your work that you're doing. And God, continue to allow us to worship you in that. But God, help us to remember that it's not our work that gets us anywhere, that you chose to save us, and you chose to adopt us, God.
let us remember that holistically. So we love you, God. And we praise your name. Amen. We're singing in the victory of the cross. How beautiful a picture is that? We were just talking about that as we were looking at the, the first three movements of the Lord's Prayer, of, of the, the movement of our Father in heaven, the fact that we are sons and daughters of the great high king. Hallowed be your name that we get to worship our Father because of who he is and what he has done. And the fact that he is Lord, he is God in heaven, that he, he can do whatever he wants, but he chose to save us because of his great love for us. We have victory in the cross, and, and I hope that we're singing that together. What a beautiful picture that is. So as we continue to move on in, um, in what we see here in, in the Lord's Prayer that Jesus gives us this example in Matthew chapter 6, we move on to, um, to verse 11, and we see this. Give us this day our daily bread. And so this is what we see, what we call the movement of provision. That not only did God save us, not only did he adopt us as sons and daughters, not only is he worthy of worship, because he is God who chose to come and save us and die for us, that, wouldn't that all have been enough by itself? Of course. But we also get to ask him for things. Give us this day our daily bread, even the most basic of things. And we see all throughout scripture that, <clears throat> that of course, if he takes care of the birds in the air and the lilies of the field, how much more will he take care of us, his children? We get to ask him for things. He, he, he provides for us because we see elsewhere in Scripture that if, if a father on, he, on earth, like me, I'm a dad, right? If I give stuff to my son as a wretched sinner, how much more is the perfect father in heaven going to take care of his children? He's a much better dad than I am. So we get to ask him for that. He provides for us. Our God is a loving father, and he provides for us because he loves us. So pray with me now as we pray for provision as we see Jesus giving us this example. Lord, we love you again. We worship you. We acknowledge that you are Lord. We acknowledge that we are adopted sons and daughters of the King, God. And God, we stand here now thanking you for what you have already given us. But God, we know, just like we read here in, um, in Matthew 6, that you already know what we're going to pray before we even pray it, God. So you know what's on our hearts. You know what we need. But God, you listen to us anyway. You listen to our needs. So God, hear us when we say we need you. God, help us to even feel needy. God, we know that whenever we're, we're going through life and we feel like that we've got it all taken care of, that all of our, our T's are crossed and our I's are dotted, God, that we, we're, we're good, we got this. God, help us to run away from that feeling because we know that we are in constant need of our Father in heaven. But what's great is that need is always, always met. God, thank you for that. God, we have specific things that we're praying for. We were just talking about a pa uh, Pastor Scott who is, who's laying in bed trying to heal from a procedure, God. God, we ask that you provide healing for his body. God, we ask for Pastor Scott to be healed quickly, God, and we pray that, that this dialysis does its job and it makes him start to feel better, God. And we pray even for kidney transplant, that we pray that, um, that that happens quickly. <clears throat> and we pray that that happens, goes like a textbook transplant, God, whatever that looks like. God, we pray for that. We ask for that. God, be with Scott. Thank you for him. Thank you for his friendship. Thank you for his leadership in our church. And thank you for his family. And what a blessing it is to so many. And God, we, we also ask, just like we were asking in the previous movement, God, Psalm 85, God, revive us again 
God, provide this revival. We know that you are already at work. So God, continue to invite us into it. God, we ask that you provide us eyes to see and ears to hear where you are inviting us to be part of the work that you have in Memphis, in Arlington, in Bartlett, in Lakeland, in Cordova, all, all of the surrounding areas, God. God, we're not just asking for revival globally. We're asking for revival locally, God. We, God, we pray that, we, that there are faces of people that we know that come to Jesus, that come to saving knowledge of Christ, God. We know that you are at work in their heart even right now, God, so we ask that you allow us to be part of that work as well. But God, we also know that right now there's a lot of people hurting. In the midst of this pandemic, there's, there are people who are sick, God, so we ask that you provide healing for them. God, there's, we also ask that you provide um, financial healing. God, we know that there's a lot of closed businesses. We're hearing about one, uh, businesses every day that are closing. Uh, we hear about people who are go, running in against financial hardships because of the economic shutdowns, which where, wherever, you, wherever you land on that, God, doesn't matter. There are people who are, are hurting right now, God, and we ask that you take care of them as well. We ask that you provide. God, a prayer for them might sound like literally give us daily bread. They might not know where their next meal is coming from, God, but I ask that you, allow, you provide for them. And God, I pray for those of us who maybe aren't feeling that hardship right now. First of all, praise your name for that. But God, again, show us where you are inviting us to be that answered prayer for other people. Show us where we can be the church and care for those who are hurting right now. Don't let us just be comfortable in our bubbles. So God, we love you, and we pray this in your name. So I'm going to leave just a, a, a minute or two right now, and I want you to close your eyes, and I want you to pray. Whatever it is you feel that you need, bring it to your Father who loves you. He gave us Jesus. What else will he leave us without? So take a few minutes now and pray. Give us this day our daily bread. And then as we move on, we see this. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. So not only does he provide us, but we also see that we ask for not only provision for, for our daily meal, wherever it's coming from, but we also ask our God to also forgive us of our debts. And that we are to forgive others as well. And this might be, you might see this as, a, as, a, as the pinnacle of this prayer. Because as we've been praying all along, we're thankful through, for not only what, uh, that we are adopted sons and daughters in, in Christ, that we are, um, that we have also, are, he's worthy of worship because of who he is. He is Lord and worthy of that worship because of what he has done for us, because of who he is. Had he, even had he not done those things for us, he is still worthy of worship, but he did do those things for us. So even more so, how much more does he deserve our worship? And of course, he provides for us as his beloved children. But the most amazing thing that he provided for us is forgiveness of our sins. And forgive us our debts. We had a debt. The Old Testament shows, it simply shows us that we are not capable of, of living out righteousness on our own. We are all have the debt of sin on our shoulders. But God, being rich in mercy, sent Christ to die for us while we were still his enemies. What a beautiful picture that is. So we get to pray and thank God for forgiving us of our sins. And of course, out of that forgiveness, we get to forgive others. Because who are we to not offer forgiveness to others when we have been so richly forgiven? 
I mean, how petty does it sound for us to hold grudges against someone else for something little when God has every right to hold grudge against us for, for breaking the law and sinning against him? But he didn't. He made our sin as far as the east is from the west. How beautiful is that? So now let's, let's pray in, in thankfulness and, and ask for forgiveness. And um, so it might, it might sound like us being great, great um, showing gratitude for God for what he has already done for us. But maybe right now you're feeling convicted over some specific sin in your life. So now is a good time to, to, to bring that to the Lord and ask for his forgiveness. So now take a few minutes and pray. I'm, I'm going to pray, but pray on your own. And let's bring this to God. God, we love you again. Again, we say that we love you. And God, again, we recognize your great love for us, that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. So God, first of all, I just want to say again say thank you. God, thank you for choosing to show mercy to a sinner like me and choosing to show graciousness and graciousness to me by sending your son to die on the cross in my place, God. That was the death that I deserved to die, but he died on the cross in my place. God, thank you for that. So God, I pray that for, for those who might be listening to my words right now, I pray that if there are areas in their life that they're still having a hard time giving over to you, God, I pray for conviction. And God, not a conviction to simply make them just stew in guilt, God. But God, that they see that as an invitation to simply bring it to you. God, just like we see at the top of chapter 6, you already know these things. We're not informing you about this stuff. You're not like waiting to hear what our prayer is going to be like or what our sins are. You already know, God. So God, help us wipe away that facade that we're hiding from you, God, because you know where we are. You know where our hearts are. So God, don't let us see an angry father pointing at us, waiting to, to bring the hammer down. God, help us to, to see the father who you are, a loving God who sent his son to die for us. And God, let us ask for forgiveness out of the posture of, of already being sons and daughters of the great high king. Remind us of that. And God, thank you for your forgiveness. God, remind us that whether this is the first time I've dealt with this sin or if this is a sin that I have been in for years or decades, God, that your mercy is no more tired than it was the first time. Your forgiveness is infinitely gracious. And God, you don't love us any less because of that sin, God, because it's already paid for by the blood of Jesus. Remind us of that, God. God, thank you for your forgiveness. And God, thank you for reconciling us to you. God, not again, not because of my words, not because I'm choosing to confess my sin right now, but because you chose to humble yourself and die on the cross in my place. Thank you for reconciling our relationship, God. Thank you for allowing me to be a part of your family. So God, right now I pray that there are people listening, God, if there are areas in their life that they are holding on to, that they are not giving over to you, convict them of that now. And show them how much better it is when we get to, get to bring it to you, God, that you want to carry that burden with us. Pray this in your name. Amen. Now, normally on Sundays, this is also a time where we get to talk about our forgiveness. So we get to talk about the picture of Jesus dying on the cross for us, and we get to do it tangibly. So what we're going to do is this is a time in our service where we're going to take, um, observe communion. And we do this every week. And, and we'll, I would say this in a room, but why do we do this every week? 
Why do we do this every week? Because we forget every week. We forget the goodness of the gospel. We forget that, you know, after we leave these doors, after we go to work on Monday or wherever it is we're going on Monday, we often just kind of get back into the routine of our lives. And so God, uh, Jesus gave us in that upper room a tangible reminder of what he would do for us, but in, for our perspective, what he has already done. So he passed the bread around to, to his disciples and he said, this is my body broken for you. So, so if you have that, uh, some elements around you, go ahead and, and open that up and take that bread as a reminder of the body, Jesus' body who is broken in your place, just like we were praying. And then he passed around a cup and said, this is a new covenant in my blood. This cup representing the blood that would pour out from Jesus' body as a forgiveness of sin. Because we, we see elsewhere in Scripture that there can be no forgiveness of sins without the shedding of blood. And we don't have to do that over and over and over because the blood of Jesus is sufficient for all time, for all sins. The sins that we've already committed, the sins that you will commit tomorrow or an hour from now, whenever it is. What a beautiful picture that is. So now we get to drink of this cup, whatever it is, and be reminded of that blood that cleanses us every day. Your Father in heaven loves you. He adopted you as sons and daughters because through the work of Jesus. And he is worthy of our worship. He is worthy of our worship because he is Lord, because he's God. Not only because of just simply who he is, but now also because of what he's done. He provides for us as a loving father. He provides us material needs that we have, a roof overhead, meals, a car to get to work, whatever it is. All those are gifts from the Lord. But we also see that above all else, he gave us Jesus. He gave us Jesus. The same guy who's teaching us this prayer that we're even talking about. So how amazing is that? Jesus took our place on the cross. And then as we move into the, to the last part that we're going to look at in verse 13, we see this. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So not only can we ask God to give us our daily bread, not only can we ask him to forgive us of our debts and that we ask that we forgive others, but we also get to look in the future tense and we also get to say, lead us not into temptation. God, protect us from future temptation and deliver us from evil. So we see this sixth final movement in the Lord's Prayer of protection. We get to ask God for protection. And I know that protection is such a widely used word and such a, it might bring up a lot of different ideas in your mind. But we see specifically here that he's asking us to lead us not into temptation from evil. We know that um, even as a saved Christian that I am not free from sin. But I know that the Lord gave me the helper, the Holy Spirit in my heart who is able to deliver me from temptation. And in those moments where we get to choose to, to sin or not sin, God begins to be strengthened um, from that temptation. And that even we can deliver from evil. So, of course, it could be caught talking about the very sin in us that is evil, but we know that there's a very real and present evil all around us. We know that the work of the enemy, the work of Satan, is very real amongst us. We know that spiritual warfare is a thing. Like, it's real. It's not the, the weird thing that we talk about that doesn't happen anymore. Spiritual warfare is a, is a real thing that still occurs with us. And so we can even ask that God deliver us from that, that God help protect us from the work of the enemy in our lives whether it be in temptation within our own evil, wicked hearts that have been redeemed but still sinful, or from the work of the enemy around us. But our Father who loves us 
we're able to ask him for protection as well. So now, spend a few minutes with me now as we pray and as we talk about what it looks like to be protected by the Father. God, lead us not into temptation. God, we recognize that our hearts are still wicked. We are constantly straying. We are constantly running away from you, God. As soon as we leave these doors, as soon as we log off of Facebook, wherever it is we're watching this, God, we just kind of get right back to what it was we were doing, God. So God, I pray that you allow our hearts to continue to be strengthened by your spirit, that you allow us to, uh, whenever those, that, that thing pops up on the screen that I know I shouldn't look at, that we stray away from it. God, that we ask for your protection, even in the moment, in real time. Or God, maybe when, it, when we are, are tempted to, to gossip, tempted to talk about somebody else with somebody else, God, I pray that you convict us in that moment. You ask us to be protected from our own wicked hearts. God, I pray that again, that the Holy Spirit in there, we listen to that helper that you've put in our hearts. So God, whatever the sin is, whether it's something, again, that pops up one time or it's something we've been struggling with for years, God, we know that you, we, you have, give us the power to, to overcome that, God. Again, not because of our greatness, but because of your greatness, God. So God, protect us from our own evil hearts. And God, Deliver us from evil, not only the evil of our own hearts, but also the work of the enemy. God, we know that it's a real issue. God, we, we, we see evidence in Scripture everywhere of the work of the enemy against the saints, God. So God, we pray that you help protect us against that as well. God, help us to be fervent and in prayer. Help us to pray for our families, pray for um, our friends, pray for our church family, pray for our leaders, pray for uh, those, our employees, those who work for us, who are our students, whoever it is, God, God, I pray that you, uh, you allow us to pray for protection for them, whether it be physical protection from a virus or from, from sickness or from whatever it is, God. God, I also pray that you allow us to be fervent to pray against the work of the enemy who is like a roaring lion seeking whom he can devour. That's a real thing, God. So God, help us to be uh, vigilantly aware of that work of the enemy. Help us to pray against it. But God, we know that this war is already won through Jesus. So God, we love you. God, thank you for the words that Jesus gave us here in Matthew 6. Thank you for giving us these scriptures that we're able to to see what you have done for us, this beautiful story that you've given us of, of who you are and what you've done, God. Thank you for these words of allowing us to, to practice praying, God. So God, we love you. Help us to be grateful for what you've done. Help us to continue to pray, not only for our own hearts, God, but pray for those around us. So God, now as we continue to sing, again, help us to remember the the movement of worship, God, that we're worshiping you, that these words that we're singing aren't just rote words that we just get through, but there are words that remind us of the richness of the gospel the richness of who you are and what you've done for us. Remind us, God. Even if we don't need to sing, we just need to look at the words on the screen. That's okay. Help us to be worshipful, God. Or, or maybe it's the opposite. Maybe it's a very outgoing, maybe we need to get up and run around the room because we just can't be contained by how the love that we feel for you and the, the outpouring of emotion, God, that you've baked into us, God. God, let that be a thing too, if that's what we feel led to do. 
wherever we fall on that spectrum, God, let it be a worshipful experience, God. Again, not so people can see us or hear us, but so that we can simply express our love and adoration for you, God. So God, help us lead us in worship. We love you, and we pray this in your name. Amen.